are people rational? I've heard experts say that we're not, that we react more from emotion. But at the same time, I recognize that thinking plays a major role in human life. So I think the difficult thing when we say, are we emotional or are we rational or are we anything else, is that we're a lot of things. We're kind of modular in some respects. Now, that's not quite true. It's not that everything exists in a completely separate box, but sometimes it seems as if it does. So we do have our more rational moments and we do have our more emotive moments and we have many different types of moments. And sometimes that's the problem. Sometimes it gets a bit too modular and these different components seem to fight each other rather than cooperate and work together well, which can cause some problems. So the tricky bit here, I suppose, is that even the words rational and emotive suggest that these are two completely different ways of perceiving the world. And th th they simply aren't. Emotions can be perfectly rational in, in the right situation. And rationality can, in a sense, be a feeling as well. The satisfaction of adding up two different columns and getting the right figure in maths is also an emotive experience of sorts. It mightn't be traditionally the way we use those words, but there is a qualitative experience to analysis working out well for you. And there is a rationality in emotion. So I think considering that is a pretty important starting point because it would be a shame to introduce an artificial battle where one doesn't necessarily need to exist. Now, at the same time, you can appreciate that we use these words in different ways and they do tend to mean different things. So we can, we can certainly look at that. But... It's good, I think, to break that down a bit at the beginning and to see that actually, no, they're not necessarily as, uh, as different as they might seem to begin with. So part of the problem is how we make sense of the world and how we reach the perspectives that we reached. And one of the things that we use to do that is, is something called a heuristic. And kind of the common term for a heuristic is a rule of thumb. Heuristics are rules of thumb, essentially. And a rule of thumb is kind of a shortcut in your thinking. And that can be really useful for the same reason any shortcut can be useful. It can get you there quicker. You can expend less resources. Imagine if every time you needed to achieve anything, you needed to analyze the world as if from scratch. You become a bit like Hamlet, where you're just overthinking things to a fault, and that causes you any number of problems. So having these kind of cognitive shortcuts, these quick ways of thinking about things can be really, really useful. However, it can cause us some problems. And one good example of this, you see this quite often in advertising, where in advertising, you, you've got uh, celebrity endorsements, you've got kind of branding of sports events would be another good example. And you can have really interesting things going on where you can have maybe a rather unhealthy brand sponsoring a very healthy sport and the two things are being placed side by side. So why are they doing that? Well, because of association. And that's one of the interesting quirks, I suppose, about how our system works. It doesn't necessarily rationalize and analyze everything we experience. It often just forms associations. And this comes from our ancestors thousands of years ago, where you wouldn't, if you were in the forest looking at berries and you were wondering, which berries can I eat and which can't I eat? What's a good idea here? 
you couldn't take out your smartphone and you couldn't Google it. You, you had to try and figure it out on the fly. And of course, a rather good way of learning that is from experience. And preferably you learn from other people's experience and you certainly learn from your own experience. So if you felt sick around the time you ate a particular berry, well, guess what's going to happen in the future when you see that berry again? You're going to go, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to steer clear of that. Now, the interesting thing is you could have been wrong. You know, it could have been that you felt sick for a non-related reason while you ate that berry. But the way the mind works it out is that, you know, it's better to not eat a berry that actually was okay, but might have been risky, so you lose out on the berry, versus risk eating a berry that could make you seriously ill or even kill you. That's not a chance that you want to take. So it plays it safe and it develops kind of an emotive reaction, a disgust response to that berry. And then you're probably likely to be reasonably safe as a result of that. So the question here, is that mechanism rational or not? So you can see that it sort of is in a way. Now it's using limited reasoning. At the same time though, that might be all you have. You, you've got to use the tools you have. And even though it's a bounded form of reasoning, it's not being emotional in a rational sense. That disgust that's designed to keep you safe is therefore a good reason. And it might be wrong even, but at the same time, it's a sort of a, a crude, approximately useful device that we have. So it's interesting because today advertisers use that principle and they use it in reverse. And they say, well, you know, the product might be neutral or maybe it isn't even the greatest product. But if we can associate it with things that you already like, well, then we're on to something. And it's for this reason that if you remember back in the old cowboy films where they're, you know, holding the particular brand of cigarette or whatever, that's why that's not a thing anymore is because they realized it's very, very powerful. You know, we're watching that and we're thinking, okay, I like what this is all about. I like the mood of this. How can I be like that person? Well, maybe I can buy the product they're holding. And it's kind of a way of getting closer to it. So this conditioning, these neural patterns are formed because of these two things being together at the same time. So celebrity endorsements today are a big part of that. You know, you get something that uh, nobody really knows about or... Maybe they know about it, but it's not considered particularly impressive. And you get some really cool influencer or some big celebrity to use that product and hold it. And it's really, really powerful because all of a sudden, not only does it have awareness, but it has implied endorsement. And this isn't just about somebody saying the product is good. It's about literally just them being there and their persona while the product is there at the same time. And the two things start to rub off each other. The power of association is amazing. I mean, think about it. How does language work? How do you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully you understand some of it. How? How is that possible? Well, it's possible because you and I have had enough shared experience that the words I'm using stimulate your mind and bring back memories and experiences of experiences that are hopefully roughly like the ones I've had. So I can speak at a fairly fast pace and you can understand what I'm saying, which is absolutely amazing. It's never 100% the same, but it doesn't need to be 100% the same. It just needs to be enough so that some shared experience is, is conveyed. So I think that's a nice way of thinking about rationality and emotion, that they're not completely separate things. 
emotional experience is entirely valid, but very often the emotion in a given moment, that gut feeling, comes because of the heuristics of previous experience that we've had. So the important warning there is it doesn't mean that we're necessarily right. We're kind of right in a limited way. If we're getting an emotive gut reaction about something, it probably does mean that we have had experiences all right that have told us something. So, so in that sense, we, we are going to real experience very often. However, those experiences, like the example of being sick while eating the berries, may have been circumstantial experiences. So it's not a fake memory. You know, you were sick while eating the berries. But of course, that mightn't have been the reason why you were sick. And that's why we got to be a little bit careful with them. Now, we have to also be very careful about going the other way, though. If you try and embrace rationality, which is sort of absent from emotion, well, firstly, you can't do it anyway. Because, as I said, it's an emotional experience to analyze things and figure them out. So there's still going to be some qualitative experience to it anyway. The other thing is we need the heuristics. We can't just be constantly analyzing everything from scratch. That's not really going to work. Uh, but the best happens, I think, is when there's a synthesis of these, when you bring the two together. As we need the analytical ability that we have. It's really useful. It keeps us in check and it keeps us disciplined so we don't just wander on with perceptions that we've had from the past. We don't just get tied up in an emotional response. But we need the emotional experience as well. Because if you don't have that, well, what have we got? There's no joy to life. It's just having that experience, that tangible, qualitative experience, which is what it's all about. The beauty of being stirred by a piece of art in front of you, uh, listening to music that evokes something within you. All of these powerful emotional experiences are absolutely fabulous. We need to be able to pull back from something dangerous quickly. We need to be able to be drawn to things we find beautiful. But hopefully we can try and draw together that intellectual capacity to analyze things and that emotive ability and they can help each other. And you know, you, you would do this if you're creating a, a decent work of art. You'll use your creative abilities and aesthetic abilities, but you'll also use your practical abilities to assess what's needed and to analyze and to come up with a time frame around it too. And they don't need to compete at all. They can really, really help each other. So one way I like to think about this is if those more emotive parts of who we are are like jam, and if the analytical intellectual abilities we have are like a jar, well, the jam and the jar definitely aren't enemies of each other. Because if all you have is emotion, no rationality, that is like having loads of jam but no jar to put it in. It's a kind of a sticky mess. It might be nice, but it's a sticky mess. If all you have is a jar and it's completely empty and you've nothing in it, well, that's hollow, that's empty, and that's unfortunate too. So the magic happens when you got the jam and the jar together and they help each other. And that I think is nice. So what's your experience? Integrating the emotional and the rational. Can they help each other or do they need to compete with each other? Do share your experience in the comments. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe, and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or on JFL.com.